Blog Talk Radio. Hello and welcome to the latest Outsports podcast. It is the 1st of December. And uh, Sid, are you on the line? Yes, sir. Can you wing it for about 30 seconds? I have a repairman coming, and you know how hard they are to get. So he literally just rang the doorbell. So it's, it's uh, it, it, live it's radio. We plan these things. It's as though we plan these things. I, I, I actually uh, I woke up with a, I woke up with a terrible migraine, and 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 thought I wasn't even going to be able to join the podcast today. So I guess it's a good thing that I did. Um, today we're going to talk. Well, first of all, I guess we should want to acknowledge that today is. World AIDS Day, and certainly I, you know, I, I remember growing up in the 80s and the scare that HIV was, and the, you know, it's virtually the death sentence that HIV was, and AIDS, and and today to be in a place where people uh, live proudly with HIV, they live long lives. It's not a deadly disease anymore, uh, and to be in a place where we have things like prep that that seem to um, prevent people from contracting it and uh, you know it, it it really is amazing to to watch where where the world has come you know with with AIDS and HIV and in the sports world from you know in Magic Johnson in the early 90s I remember him announcing that he has HIV and people saying well we can't play basketball anymore not allowed because you might infect somebody and and when Greg Louganis first announced that he had HIV and then he had been bleeding in a pool and people were concerned that oh he was you know risking giving it to other people and to be so far from from those days where athletes are able to live openly with HIV and, and talk about HIV and it's just not this deadly disease uh, it it really is it's incredible and 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 people talk about the stigma of HIV and for 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 young people today i don't think they have any understanding of what that is so because i mean it was a death sentence and 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 years ago you i mean if you had hiv you were you know people were calling to 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 offer their condolences and today it's just not it's just not that thing and and and, and a lot of that stigma changing is because of people like Greg Louganis living openly so i uh, just wanted to acknowledge that today is world aids day and 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 offer those couple of thoughts and Give a little perspective, Jim. I know that you 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 lived all the way from the very very beginning to, to of the, the the AIDS crisis to today. Yes, it was. I mean, it was. I came of age during the age of AIDS, and it was obviously something that was. Um, excuse me. I had to just chase my cat to escape. So this has been quite a uh, beginning to the podcast. So, um, can you hear me? Yeah. So I'm a little out of breath. I literally had to chase my cat around the yard because he escaped when the repair guy came in. But um, <laughs> this is kind of a hectic morning. But, uh, yeah, it, I mean, I literally came out right when AIDS started and have did not lose as many friends as other people, but at least a dozen people I was close with, including my – excuse me <sighs> – Jim, you need some oxygen over there. Somebody sent an oxygen tank to Tularosa Drive. 
Jim. Oh, I, oh no, I'm back. I was, I was joking Sorry about, about that. the oxygen tank. Okay. No, I had to run up three flights of stairs chasing my cat so he wouldn't escape. So, uh, <laughs> But no, my best uh, boyhood friend died uh, at my house in 1994. So to see people like Greg and G. Wallace and others, Magic Johnson, uh, kind of survive the disease. It had been a death sentence back for most people who caught it in the 1980s. And now, fortunately, it's it's less so, at least in the industrialized world, where people have access to medicines and people really need to get tested. That is, that is the most important thing to me about World AIDS Day. Know your status. Yeah, and because we talk about it not being a, a deadly disease anymore, but it's it's still a disease. You you will still be on uh, some relatively toxic medication for the rest of your life, and you can live you can live a, a wonderful life. It's just you you you. Uh, for me, you want to know your status because you want to make sure that you get treated, and two, you can inform your sexual partners, and they can make a choice whether whether they want to go down that road or not. I mean, I I know that I've always thought if I ever contracted, I would I would live very openly with it. I would want people to know. Um, so just for that very reason. So it's yeah, super exactly. important. To so know. yeah, I, but but I do think that everybody really needs to know um, their 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 status. And like you said, it still is a disease that you have to be treated for. So um, that, that's to me. Remember everyone who died. Um, there are millions of. I mean, in our community, it was so affected in, in the U.S. and in the West and in parts of Africa. It was more heterosexual, but, uh, you know, the, the, the gay crisis pretty much informed the way we are today as a community. It really did. And we lost a whole generation of people who were leaders and, you know, who would be, who'd be today's leaders who are no longer with us. So I think we, yeah. so that's why I'm glad we have something like today to kind of remember. So, uh, but let's get back onto a little more cheerful topic. And our guest has joined us. Uh, Mason, you on the line? Yeah. Hey guys, how's it going? Good. How are you? We've had uh, an interesting discussion. My uh, repair guy came and my cat escaped, so Sid was holding the fort down while I was uh, while I was doing this. But uh, welcome to the Outsports Podcast. We're on with Mason Darrow, a uh, football player at Princeton. And uh, Mason, uh, first question: I uh, we ran a picture of you this week after your team won the Ivy League, and you guys were smoking cigars. You know that'll stunt your growth, and you'll never grow up to be a big, strong football player if you keep on smoking. Um. You know, I think I'm okay with that at this point. Um, kind of folks, kind of folks aren't going in the other direction and direction now, um, so I'm not too worried about my growth being stunted. Uh, well, obviously, just kidding about that. But uh, first, congratulations. Tell us a bit about the the game the game you guys played uh, that wound up, uh, you know, clinching the uh, the conference championship in a league that does not have playoffs. Uh, yeah, thank you so much. Um, so we played. Uh, we played Dartmouth in our final game, um, and you know that was that was a really big one for us. We we played them well the year before, um, and we unfortunately did not come away with that one. And they were able um, to defeat us to clinch an Ivy League championship on their home field. Um, so it was you know it was really great. That was something we'd kept in mind all week, um, and it was you know it was really great to be able to to get them back and do that on our field. That's actually our coaching staff had never beaten Dartmouth. Um, in their time here, so no one on our team had ever beaten Dartmouth. Um, and honestly, I was more focused on that than the championship. I knew that, the, I mean, obviously it was looming in the back of my mind, but I just really wanted to beat Dartmouth. Um, and I'm really, you know, we put together a great 
started a little slow, but put together a great offensive performance in the second half and defensively as well. Um, so I was really happy with how that day went. Well, you scored 21 points in the fourth quarter, so that was putting an exclamation point on a 17-point on a win. Absolutely. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, Johnny and Chad are both great quarterbacks. We've got we've got great skill guys all over the place. The rest of the O-line did, did an amazing job all day. Um, so I was just I was honored to be out there with those guys, and I'm really glad we, we were able to come away with it. Well, I know that throughout the season you had you had some. Um, well, I, can, can we talk about why you missed games? Is, is is that kosher now, or or is that still verboten? Is it still a big secret? No, I mean that's fine. Now I had a you know I had a little ankle ankle issue um, that sprung up in the Georgetown game, but you know we have a fabulous training staff here, so I was able to get back pretty quickly. Um, and so I mean, ended up missing the Brown game and a good portion of the Harvard game, but after that, I really didn't have any issues. Mason, one you know one of your claims to fame, and it, it, it's always a bit awkward these days, is that you are an openly gay football player. So we hate labeling people as the you know a gay football player, but for purposes of our audience, obviously invisibility, um, you know you're you're the only one we know of in division in Division One football, and you along with Sid, you know, told a great coming out story a year ago. Did coming out in any way publicly make you a better player a more comfortable player or was there really no difference in the way things went for you on a personal basis before and after you came out publicly um no i mean i wouldn't really say it it affected my level of play at all obviously the big one was was coming out to my team initially that definitely had an impact um but i mean from a football perspective i wouldn't say the story changed a whole lot i was just glad um you know to be able to be a mentor type figure and to provide some advice um to people out there. Um, I mean, that was definitely my, my main motivation behind it and, and the main uh, result that came of it. But, yeah, I wouldn't really say it affected, you know, my football ability in any way. Did it, did it affect the, the um, your teammates teasing you about it? I mean, the day that the story broke and, and, and then you were on ESPN, I mean, did you did you hear about it from your teammates in a, in a I'm sure, fun, playful way? Uh, yeah, a little bit. Um, you know, they, they coined the term Ginterview, uh, which I thought was pretty funny. Um, <laughs> and, you know, so uh, whenever I would do various things, um, you know, it's just like, oh, it's another Ginterview. And I'd be like, no, this one was just for, for uh, Gopherts and Tigers, our, our athletic site. Um, but, you know, it was, they definitely had some fun with it. it was, I mean, they were great about it. And so, and, and so, that kind of teasing, that kind of teasing, that kind of you know, we hear about the teasing in a bad way, but that kind of teasing, you, uh, my guess is you enjoyed that. It was you wanted that. It, it 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 told you that they were cool with it, and that you were still just an integral part of the team. That were you know, uh, any anything goes. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, pretty pretty much all we do is make fun of each other all the time. Um, but I mean, the guys, we all know that you know certain guys have have certain lines um and we kind of we know where those are um and, you know we don't ever don't ever really approach those but pretty much everything else is fair game um and we have a great time with it so you probably get asked this a lot but we'll ask you again why do why do you think more gay players have not come out uh publicly in in college football um I mean, I'm, you know, my best guess would just be that, you know, a lot of people don't want to deal with the media attention. Um, you know, I, 
I definitely I recognize that I play at a little bit of a of a smaller time school. Um, so you know, I think guys guys at bigger schools, I think it would be a little bit more a little bit bigger deal in the media. I mean, I think you know they that's just not something they really want to deal with. They just you know they just want to play football, and I fully respect that. But you know, the, uh, regarding the the media, uh, certainly people, you know, you got interview request in the day or two after um, after we ran that story. But two weeks after we ran that story, did anybody want to talk to you anymore? I mean, had had the media requests and the media attention died down? Yeah, pretty much. Um, but yeah, so I mean, I don't really know what uh, what other motivations there might be. That that's definitely my best guess, but it definitely wasn't. Um, I mean, yeah, the media attention certainly wasn't overwhelming at any point, and it died down pretty quickly. Um, so if anybody else is out there listening to this uh, and that's your big concern, don't worry about it, I guess, would be my advice. Well, I think and, and that's, the, that's the big thing that people have it in their heads that it's going to be this huge story. And, and yeah, of, of course, if the quarterback of Alabama came out public, it would be a huge story. But two weeks later, all even we care about is his touchdowns. They, 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 people don't realize that the story does go away. Every story stops being new, and and it just goes away. And 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 people build up this fear of the media attention, which again, there's going to be some at the beginning. But mm. yeah, everybody, every athlete we talked to says, yeah, I, you know, it it just kind of went away. Yeah, definitely. I mean, that was certainly my experience. So talk to us about some of the people you've heard from, maybe who are not yet out, that you've either provided a measure of comfort or, or you know, a role model for that. Have, have you heard, I assume you've heard and have been in contact with other athletes in probably, probably every sport you can imagine since you came out. And what do they basically just want to share their, their story with you, or what do, they, what do they talk to you about? Um, yeah, you know, it varies a little bit. Um, actually, not too many have asked uh for like really specific advice or anything, a lot have just reached out to say, um, you know, your story really helped me a lot. Um, I was going through this, this, and this, um, and you know, I'm I'm working my way through it, and I just wanted to thank you. Um, and, you know, I've I've kept in touch with a lot of those guys, and uh, from what I can tell, everybody's doing well. Um, you know, I've I've provided advice when I've been asked, um, and I mean, I've just I've just tried to manage that role, and I think um, I think I've been able to help people, which is which was you know, it's great for me. It's the main reason I did the story. So post football, post Princeton, what's next for you? Um, well, I need to write a thesis first. Um, so we will get cracking on that finally. <laughs> um, and then, you know, after that, I'm interested in, in pursuing a career in sports. Um, you know, ideally I'd like to be on the business side of, uh, of a front office mm-hmm. somewhere. Um, you know, keeping keeping myself open to a couple other options, um, uh, but that's definitely the main one I've been exploring. Um, and so, hopefully, something works out on that front. So, what what kind of role in a front office um, are you actually kind of would, would be your sort? Of, what would be your dream job? Um, you know, that's a good question. I think I, de- I would definitely want to be in some kind of leadership role, whether that ends up staying in professional sports. Um, you know, I'm not really sure a specific role there. I, I'm, you know, I think athletic director somewhere would be would be a really great opportunity. Um, so I'm, I mean, I don't, I wouldn't really say that I have a a dream job at this point. I'm kind of just keeping the future open, and you know, I'll I'll deal with it when I get there. 
but 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 coaching really isn't um something that you have your eyes on uh no i mean i i wouldn't really say so i would no Well, Mason, we want to thank you for being our guest. We hopefully will be seeing you uh, the general manager of the uh, of a pro sports team at one time. And uh, I think that what's cool about the coming out process, you kind of have to do it once and it's over. You never have to worry about that in a future career that that's going to be an issue because you've been so open about it. So I think that's that has to be something that, in a sense, feels very liberating. Absolutely. Um, and actually, I will I will retract my previous statement. Um, hearing you announce me as general manager sounds pretty good. Um, so I guess I will say that's a dream job. Okay, Mesa. Well, thanks Thanks a lot. We know hopefully we'll see you next year in Denver at the next Outsports Reunion. You better show up. We need someone um, to carry everyone in the parade on their shoulders. <laughs> you got it. All right. Thanks, Mason. Thanks, Mason. All right. Thanks, guys. Well, Sid, that uh, that story was what a more than a year ago, right? Yeah, it was uh, it was September, I guess. Yeah, like mid September. Yeah, was, September was, of. Uh... Yeah, September of 2015. And you know, I know that a lot of athletes reached out to Mason. A lot of athletes at Princeton, you know, have reached out to Mason. So it's, you, again, you tell these stories because you never know who's listening, and you know, Mason hits the college football players and. And and the college athletes in New Jersey and and we'll just keep telling more of these stories because you never you never know who, what story is going to reach who. And also, it's important to know that you know these stories often affect people who may not themselves decide to come out publicly, but it gives them someone else to talk to. It makes them know they're not alone, and um, it, it really has it has a really positive aspect. So I, I, I do think that that's why the and we're stressing big just visibility now and. You know, I, I know people say, well, why do I have to come out? And, you know, that, I mean, that, that that feels clunky and it is kind of clunky, but the only way you know if someone's LGB or T is if they declare it themselves. Um, so it, that's why visibility is, is so key, and that's why people like Mason, you know, have a powerful story. And then, you know, his team wins the Ivy League title. So, uh, you know, maybe if the Penn State's half their team comes out as gay, they win the Big Ten championship for me this week. <laughs> <laughs> The big Big Ten champion Penn State wouldn't, wouldn't that wouldn't that be crazy? That would be crazy, but it's a weird season this year. The fact that the two teams in the Big Ten championship are not the two best teams in the Big Ten, but that's the way uh, that's the way the schedule works. But uh, wanted to get to another college football thing you wrote about. Talk a bit about these banners hung. Um, it's not a good football story. Some anti-gay banners hung by Oklahoma State fans uh, in the run-up to the big game against OU this week. Yeah, you know that that, that old saying. Well, I guess we don't know the gender of the people who hung it, but um, boys will be boys, right? And 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 so um, the some Oklahoma State fans decided it would be funny to hang a banner at the student union saying that two of uh, Oklahoma's uh, the, the Sooners football stars um, are what, like to bang dudes. And, and of course, that means that they're gay and that means that they're weak and that means that they uh, they they suck and they can't win and Oklahoma State's going to beat them because being gay is weak. And uh, so, it, you know, it was, it, it was it's, it's crazy to me. I mean, the, the, 
a lot of people still don't get this idea that you should stop using homophobia to attack each other. But it, it, it just it's just still it's just a kind of a surprising reminder that people will still go this far and hang a banner that says something like that in a student union at a major Division One university at Oklahoma State. So it just it, it just it, it really is it's just a reminder, I guess, of where, that that people still are going to be rude and crude and. Again, I think it's important to to remember it doesn't mean that these people hate gay people. They just think they're weak. <laughs> well, but here's the irony of it, of course. The two the two people they mentioned, the star running back and the quarterback, Baker Mayfield. Now, hmm. So let's see. They think Baker Mayfield's gay. So Baker Mayfield's thrown 35 touchdown passes, eight interceptions. He averages 11 <laughs> and he's one of the top quarterbacks in the country, maybe at a pro. So I would kind of say, um, yeah, if those two guys like to bang dudes and they score 40 points a game, uh, maybe some of the Oklahoma State players are, would need to be banging dudes. I mean, it's kind of funny that they're, they pick on the stars as if they're sort of mocking them, and it's like, yeah, but these guys are really good. So what you're actually saying at some level is the gay guys are actually great football players. Well, Oklahoma hasn't lost a football game since September 17th. When they played Ohio State, and they've 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 pretty much beaten up the rest of the Big Twelve. Um, obviously, they've had some close games, but uh, you know they've won on, they've won at home, they've won on the road, and and yeah, the idea that these these guys are these guys are to say they're weak uh, or that they suck because they're gay is it's it's just it's just oddly you can't say that they 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 they're not bad athletes, they're not weak. So, but I, I highly doubt that the meaning behind the banner is, oh, they're gay and gay guys are awesome and powerful, right? I, <laughs> yeah. I, I, I don't think that was why they hung the banner. Now, it would be pretty – you know, of course, if Oklahoma State star quarterback was gay and he threw for seven touchdown passes this week, all would be forgiven at least for that week for these people. So it's just a cognitive, cognitive dissidence that these people have, that the people they're mocking as being the gay people allegedly weak and bad are the people who are actually the team's best athletes. But no one ever said fans uh, you know, belong to Mensa. So. Well, and, but the, and the other piece is that this kind of language and hanging a banner like this, it just it, it just built, it continues to reinforce an environment of of silence and fear. And and even if the people don't mean gay people are weak and horrible and and I hate gay people, that's the message that gets received by LGBT people. So, you know, that it's again this disconnection between the message that's sent and the message that gets received. Yeah, and the uh, switching gears but staying with football, the NFL this week has um, a week they're calling cause and effect. The NFL is very strict about its uniform policy, but for this week, um, 500 players are going to be wearing cleats that are able to highlight the the causes and charities that are that mean something to them. And I went through a whole list of more than 200 athletes. I didn't see the whole list. And you know, there, are, there are things ranging from, you know, the, the United Way to specific things on, you know, domestic violence, breast cancer. They're all really good causes. Uh, but two stuck out to me, two guys who are wearing cleats uh, promoting anti-bullying. And one is a New York Giants running back. Orleans Darkwa, who unfortunately is injured, will not be playing. He's gone for the season. But the other is a guy who's, uh, I kind of hope this week maybe gets about five yards rushing and 
is on the bench for four quarters since you have him in fantasy football and we're playing each other. <laughs> but we got to give a shout out to David Johnson, the Arizona Cardinals, and that's one of his 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 big cause is bullying. And you know, for a big, strong football player, it's funny to realize that that he he was bullied as a kid, and it really traumatized him growing up. He said being a kid for him was very was something he was afraid of that just going out to play was this reconnaissance mission, mission of seeing if the local bully was going to be at the playground that day. Uh, and he went into uh, childhood education at Northern Iowa to, to kind of, you know, combat this. And so he's wearing cleats that, uh, you know, that deal with anti-bullying. And that's an issue that, as we know, and uh, affects, you know, LGD people uh, big time. And the Stomp Out Bullying Organization specifically highlights um, LGBT, um, you know, the impact it has um you know, nine out of ten students reported being harassed and bullied. So, I have not seen any other anything related to gay uh, issues, but I haven't seen all 500. But, you know, it's, it's a good thing Johnson's doing because I thought it was, you know, one of the more un- unique uh, uh, set of cleats that I've seen. Well, and I did I did write to the NFL and ask them if there were any athletes who'd be whose cleats would be representing an LGBT charity. And uh, they didn't send me the list, but they said they looked through the 500 or so different different causes of the 500 plus. They said that they don't see any that are LGBT, and and that there are a couple anti-bullying and some mental health and some suicide prevention, but none that are LGBT. Which, you know, for for all the uh, advances that we make, it's it's just it's it's I think it's it is telling at some level that 500 different causes are represented and none are LGBT. Yeah, and I think that's a reflection. It's not on a lot of people's radar screens. And it's in some case, it might be that people are afraid to do it because it may, in their mind, cause people to think that maybe they themselves are gay. And you know, I kind of had kind of crossed my mind. Would a would a closeted gay player be wearing a you know rainbow uh, colored cleats? My guess is he he would not want to do that. You know, the more likely person would be someone who's totally open about being straight and is comfortable. But yeah, it, it was it's sad that not one of the 500 deals with uh, with anything like that. Yeah, you think of 500 players, there has to be a couple gay gay ones, right? And not even well, they. mathematically, yeah. <laughs> Right. Not even they are representing an LGBT charity. It's just, you know, for, for all the progress we've made, it's, again, there's just some institutional thing going on in the NFL. I just, I, I, I think there is. I think we saw with Michael Sam, and I think this is a, another reminder. It's just there's something, there's something off. I don't know what it is, but there's something. Yeah, and also I think it's that when you look at the, these things, it, it sounds weird, but they're all non what might be called non-controversial. And I clearly, obviously, I don't think gay issues are controversial to me, but you, they probably would open up maybe what some people would see as uncomfortable conversations. Why, you know, why is that? What's the Trevor Project? Oh, you know, and then, which I think would be wonderful for someone to do, but not a single person has done it. And you know these 500 players, even if they're not gay, they have a lot of them have gay relatives and close friends. And you know, in the state of Florida, with the, the pulse shooting, you you know, we've seen other sports teams do something for it. And you know, it, it it's great they have this idea, but I, and I was hoping, kept hoping to look for something. And Johnson's the only one um, 
and the Giants running back that I that I found that any any relation to it. So it is, yeah, you're right. There's something going on, and don't really know exactly what that is. Yeah. Well, still, it's good the NFL created this Sunday that the players are able to to um, to promote a charity, and I think it was important for them to do. I think they. They might have kept getting into some some hot water if they didn't, but it's good, it's good that they got ahead of it and that they did it. And and I think this Sunday I'll, I'll be certainly interested in seeing what different kinds of cleats people wear. Yeah. So again, David Johnson, I hope you have a nice, wonderful, beautiful Sunday. Just kind of <laughs> relax, sit on the bench for three quarters, and let me beat sit in fantasy football. Um, but uh, that is all the time we have for today. My cat is inside. My furnace is being fixed. It's cold here in L.A., Sid. It's like in the 50s, which is freezing, <laughs> freezing out here. Um, but that's all the time we have, uh, and we will talk to you next time.